Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, August the 11th. And welcome to our commentary. Well, I guess we have another independent counsel or special counsel, whatever you want to call them. I don't know how many we have now, but it's probably, uh, what, two against Trump? Uh, I mean, it, it, I think we have enough student, I mean, independent counsels to put together a basketball team. I think you, you need five players to put together a basketball team. I think we have that many uh, special counsels. But this, you know, a lot of people like, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people like me, sorry about the allergies a little bit, uh, <clears throat> sorry. A lot of people like me had been uh, had been talking about an independent counsel or special counsel for some time. A lot of Republicans had been calling uh, for a special counsel. But unfortunately, the Biden administration didn't do it. They let this... Uh, investigation in Delaware take its course, uh, the person who negotiated the plea agreement with Hunter Biden went to the federal court and the plea agreement was not accepted. And then, of course, that put the whole Hunter Biden investigation in uh, somewhat of a mess. Well, the attorney general decided to name a special counsel for the Hunter, Hunter Biden situation. The problem is that the man that he named to be the special counsel is the same man who was investigating him in Delaware, the man who negotiated that agreement that fell apart uh, in, the, you know, in the courthouse in Delaware. So a lot of Republicans are resisting this. They're saying, why are you naming the same person? Why are you naming somebody who has already negotiated a deal with him? So, you know, then, of course, a lot of people are, are wondering what the motives of naming this council are, are, are the motives simply to buy some time and push this thing to the future? Because once you name a special counsel, as you know, you cannot take questions about what's going on. Everything sort of goes on, on silent because, you know, the, nobody can ask the attorney general questions. If they bring anybody before Congress, they can say, well, that matter is under investigation and so on and so on. So, we will see where all of this goes. It's not a good thing to be investigated, obviously. But in this case, there are a lot of questions. A lot of Republicans who are very concerned about the man who was chosen to lead this investigation, namely uh, namely uh, Mr. David Weiss. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But I think the attorney general would have done himself a big favor if he had named somebody completely independent and somebody who had no background whatsoever with the Hunter Biden investigation. I think that would have been much better accepted by the public in general than this one, uh, you know, a decision that is being rejected by many Republicans for, for good reason. So we'll see how it all goes. But man, uh, it seems like we've gotten into a situation in this country, into a vicious cycle where we just you know, it just keeps poisoning. Everything just, you know, the political waters just get more poisoned and more poisoned uh, every single day. I mean, it's just absolutely uh, remarkable. Well, I've got a post over at the American Thinker, speaking of Hunter Biden. I've got a post over at the American Thinker on Friday morning regarding uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, where I talk about the fact that the, the Biden family has made a lot of money over the years. And, uh, you know, whether they've done it legally or illegally, they've certainly made a lot of money. 
And people are asking a lot of questions about how exactly, you know, does a guy who, you know, earning a senator's salary, who doesn't come from a wealthy family, a family who doesn't have a business or anything to fall back on, namely a family, uh, you know, living off a senator's salary, which is not a bad salary, but you certainly don't become a millionaire uh, when you're a senator. You don't, you know, acquire that much uh, wealth. You're not supposed to. And how did the Biden family get so wealthy? And that's been a question around Washington for quite some time. And now, of course, you know, everything is hitting the fan a little bit because the Congress has produced some information about banking records and, you know, money that was going from here to there through all these shell accounts and all of that. And, uh, you know, it has put the Biden family under the microscope. And, of course, the the fact that uh, this special counsel was named today, in the opinion of many Republicans, certainly in the opinion of some members of the Congress, uh, means that Hunter Biden will not be required to go before the Congress because, again, it's under investigation. And when you're under investigation, everybody's supposed to be uh, everybody's supposed to be quiet. So uh, Biden and money. Uh, there's no question that uh, the Biden family has made a lot of money, and Hunter Biden has been in the middle of it. The problem with Hunter Biden is he doesn't has not done anything to earn the money other than, uh, I guess, to put his father on the phone when he's having business meetings with his uh, business associates. It's it's a very bad situation. It's a very bad situation uh, for the country. That's all I can, I can tell you. I've got a post uh, coming out Saturday morning about inflation. As you probably know, the new inflation figures came out. They're difficult to understand because on one hand, they show inflation coming down, but then on the other hand, a lot of the things that we consume, like food and fruits and stuff like that, have actually gone up. And if you look at the price of food in the Dallas area, it's 12% higher than it was a year ago. So if you're a family and you're buying food every day, I mean, inflation is hitting you very hard when it comes to food, especially if you're a family with, with children who obviously eat a, lot of, eat a lot of food. When you add to this, when you add to this, the price of gasoline. In my opinion, gasoline has always been the single greatest factor. If you want to look at inflation, if you want to look at inflation going up, take a look at the price of gasoline. Because the price of gasoline, as I've mentioned before, I just put gas the other day, 349. It's up to 350 now, 359 in some places. So the price of gasoline drives everything else up. So if you have to pay 349 to fill your car, uh, the truck is going to have to pay something similar and he's going to be shipping your stuff from one place to another in the food and everything else that uh, that we consume. So inflation, the price of gasoline has always had a very important, it's always a very important factor in determining the uh, the inflation rate. And the price of gasoline is going up. So, I mean, technically inflation is down if you look at the economist and the numbers and all of that. But the reality is that for the average person, inflation is not down because of the fact that it's been going up so much over the last year, and it may be slowing down, but it's still a lot higher than it was uh, before. So that's always been the frustrating part about inflation. Is inflation has always been a very difficult thing to explain, politically, that is, because you know you can tell somebody that inflation is going down, but then when they pump gasoline and pay $3.49 a gallon like we're doing here now, or when the wife goes to the store and buys food for the family and has to pay 10, 12% more than she did before, 
And, you know, all those uh, e- e- inflation figures don't mean that much because they're they're seeing how inflation is impacting their lives and how the money is coming out of their pocket. And that's the key, how the money is coming out of their pockets. And when you talk about gasoline and you talk about food, it's a huge factor. It's a huge factor for the average uh, for the average American family. Well, a couple of things on this day in history. This is 1973, so 50 years ago today. The movie American Graffiti was released. Now, American Graffiti was actually a low-budget film. And uh, so when they put that movie out in the summer of 1973, you know, it was just a low-budget film. They thought they would have it out there for a couple of months, and everybody would forget about it. But it turned out to be different. It became a huge smash. And uh, many of the people who were on American in the American Graffiti, uh, American Graffiti cast went on to, you know, have other careers. Uh, remember that show, Laverne and Shirley? Well, that's one of the young women from that uh, from that movie, American Graffiti. Happy Days, the show Happy Days. That show was clearly an outgrowth of uh, of, uh, of uh, American Graffiti. So American Graffiti. The movie itself was not that great. I mean, the story itself was just a bunch of young people in the summer of 1962, you know, doing on Saturday nights what young people do. The music, though, was fantastic because they what they did is they went back to some of the hits from the 1950s and came up with a soundtrack of basically real songs. They didn't come up with any new songs. They just went back and used the ones that uh, we were familiar with, like See You in September, Rock Around the Clock and all of that uh, kind of stuff. And the whole thing, the soundtrack was a smash. The movie was a smash, obviously surprising uh, the experts and I'm sure surprising the investors who spent very little money but made a lot of money out of American Graffiti. And on this day in 1984, President Reagan was getting ready to do his Saturday morning uh, address. Uh, President Reagan began a tradition, which I think presidents still follow, of doing like a Saturday morning speech on the radio, like a message on the radio, uh, five minutes or whatever uh, on the radio. And, you know, Reagan was obviously very good on the radio. He grew up uh, doing radio and he just had a great voice and he knew how to use the microphone. So Reagan begins the interview. He didn't realize he was on the air. So he begins, you know, he taps on the microphone to do a sound test, not realizing he was on the air and basically says, ladies and gentlemen, I've just authorized... uh, you know, our nuclear weapons or whatever to be fired against uh, the Soviet Union. He obviously didn't know that he was on the air. And, you know, obviously this whole thing became, you know, indignation, you know, Reagan. Oh, my God, how, how dare he say that? But it was actually pretty funny if you go back and you listen to it. And I think most people laughed about it. Some people got angry, but then some people get angry about everything. But it was just a, a very phony mo- a f- funny moment because he just like tapped the microphone as I'm doing here now and uh, said uh, what he said. And it was hilarious. It was hilarious. This morning in 1984, President Reagan doing his Saturday morning speech or radio speech. And by the way, those were great. I remember many of those and and listening to them. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.